fantasy baseball we're back after four days of, of real baseball clay it's been a blast um i really haven't looked away from my tv over the the past four days today i think uh, we're recording this on sunday and i i think i watched like seven games today and it felt yeah. great i've been locked in i mean watching games going back and watching stuff that i've missed today i watched some condensed games from last night that i missed and um, caught up on some minor league games and attended the Reds game today to watch Graham Ashcraft pitch on Sunday. So um, first game that I've attended since the rule changes, two hours and 25 minutes or something. Beautiful pace, man. I enjoyed it so much. I don't want to get into the pros and cons and hate this, hate that, love that. I just enjoyed it. Like it was a fun game to attend because I don't know. It just felt good. I like the way the pace feels when you're at the game. Love and hate. I don't think there's anything to hate about any of the new rules, man. It is amazing to watch a baseball game. I agree. Have it like snap by like first inning, second inning. And before you know it, you're in the sixth inning. You're like, wow, this is awesome. There's so much action. There's guys stealing bases. There's base hits. There's runs being scored. It's like, it's so awesome. As of yesterday, the Baltimore Orioles had stolen 12 bases. All of April last year, or excuse me, stolen nine bases. All of April last year, they stole 12. Like, I love the increased steals. I love the shift being on. Like, it's just a product I enjoy watching more than the previous product. So much so, man. And and it seems like nobody is really losing out on anything by this pitch clock. Like, nobody is really – there's nothing about baseball that I'm like, wow, this I'm really missing it. So – we can get to talk about fantasy, though. We don't need to talk about how baseball yeah. is awesome. That's what we're leading the show with. Baseball is back, and baseball is awesome, and baseball is at its best. And some of the best have been at their best, right? You saw Nick Lodolo put up 22 whiffs for your Reds yesterday. Yeah, he looked was... he looked good. Um, I did not expect him to – I think he threw like 108 or something pitches. I don't know the exact number. and I did not expect that. I thought he was going to be pulled kind of early due to his pitch count, but – the Reds rolled with him, man, and um, they ended up winning the game. And, you know, that followed up by a fantastic start today by Graham Ashcraft, a player who I'm just amazed with, um, just see, seeing how he's grown over the year. And um, definitely somebody who could be a sneaky fantasy option. Doesn't get a ton of strikeouts, but. No, 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 I mean, no, no. This is like the, if he, you need to go check. If you're listening to this show right now, you need to go check your waiver wire and see if Graham Ashcraft's available. He He's a, he's rostered in 65% of Yahoo leagues right now. Um, So it's kind of a shot in the dark. Like maybe some 10 team leagues, you might find him there. Yeah. And like, if he's available in a 10 teamer, I think you got to grab him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Clay, so I asked you this before the show, but the guy who led the uh, the guy who led him whiffs today, the pitcher that led him whiffs, was a rookie making his debut. The four guys behind him, Luis Garcia, Mackenzie Gore, Jeffrey Springs, and Mike Clevenger, are all very good names. Johnny Brito led the led the day in whiffs with sixteen whiffs. He got um, eight whiffs on on twenty changeups. This changeup is filthy. 
Absolutely filthy. This guy might be something. I want to see some more starts here. Um, it was the the Giants, but you might have something there. Yeah. That, and, and this is the type of stuff that, like, early in the year, it's hard not to add immediately. when you. So, like, you want to be the first person on the waiver wire to pick up that guy who, you know, last year was Michael Harris when he came up and started, like, how early do you pick people up? I'm watching the A's game yesterday. Fujinome starting. He's the Japanese pitcher for the A's. And I'm not joking. The first two innings, filthy. I mean, Mike Trout striking out on a slider, crazy movement. I'm sitting there in the second inning with my finger on the add button. And I say, wait up. I'm not going to do this yet. Let me watch one more inning. But through two innings with four strikeouts, no hits, no walks, I was like, dang, this could be an option. Let me wait eight runs in the third inning. So it's you, you got to find a balance. But there's players right now. One guy I want to bring up, Johan Moncada. He's playing really well through the first few games. And I know it's, oh man, it's only three games. We all, you know, Johan. No, don't do this, Clay. Don't. No, no, no. Don't but bring what I'm saying Moncada is, back. What I'm saying is these are the players you need to be adding to watch list. Don't make the mistake no. that I almost made and drop a drafted player. I'm stopping you at Johan Moncada. He looked good in the World Baseball Classic. He's played he has well a 42% so far. K rate through 14 plate appearances. Okay. I've seen enough. Not a single there... walk to his name. Seen enough. Okay. Hear me out. Watch list him. Third base option potentially. Sure, whatever. Johan Moncada is in an odd year, right? 2023 is an odd year. Johan Moncada odd year is a real life thing. 2017, 105 WRC plus. 2018, lower. 2019, 139 WRC plus, 2020, 94. 2021, 120 WRC plus, 2022, 76. Odd year is a real thing, man. Put him on your watch list. All right. We're going to move on. Not going to talk about Young Mankata today. We are going to be talking waiver wire because it's four days of baseball. We're moving into really the first um, round of waivers for weekly leagues. And I think it's like a good time to start picking up players and kind of figuring out um, who we think has a good shot to perform, you know, for the next few months throughout the entire season. So I do want to start with Miguel Vargas um, for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who right now just has first base eligibility. But he is pretty much going to be playing at second base every day for these Dodgers. And it's really only a matter of time now, probably sometime in the next week or so that he gets second base eligibility. And Miguel Vargas is such an intriguing option at second base where it's such a thin position to begin with. But then you go and look at what Miguel Vargas has done in the minor leagues, right? 17 home runs last year, 16 stolen bases. He hit 304. He walked 13.7% of the time, he struck out less than 15% of the time, right? This is a guy with an advanced feel to hit, an advanced eye. And what really showed that was in spring training when he uh, couldn't swing a bat for the first two weeks of spring training, but the Dodgers still put him in the lineup, even though he couldn't swing. And he was walking even then. It was unbelievable. But the amazing thing is, Clay, Miguel Vargas threw um, 15 or um through 13 plate appearances so far this season, has eight walks and one strikeout. Eight walks in 13 plate appearances. That is insane. That is a walk rate over 60%. Um, am I expecting that to continue? Obviously not, but this guy has an advanced feel for the zone. Um, he's owning 63% of Yahoo leagues right now. So again, 
probably going to be taken in most 12-man leagues. You might be able to find him in a 10-man league, and I say jump now, jump hard. If you need to spend some money to acquire him like with your budget, do it. Because Miguel Vargas is a really fine player that's going to be getting every single day at bats and has power and speed combo that is just unmatched right now. So um, definitely jump on it. Colby, you mentioned something that I love to do early in the season, and that is find the players that are listed as one position but are playing a different position, and they're going to gain that eligibility. That is where you can kind of get ahead of the curve. If, you know, um, example, Jordan Walker is listed on ESPN as a third baseman only. He's been playing right field. You're going to get third base slash right field once he hits that 10th game. So finding players like that who could pick up eligibility is another thing. Because I know right now a lot of people are sitting there and they're saying, I am set with the team I drafted. I'm not ready to drop anyone because you love the team you drafted probably, right? That happens a lot. So if you want to invest your time, you're thinking, well, I'm not really doing too much on the waiver wire. Invest your time on watching who is getting opportunities at other positions the batting order and how that's changing through the first few games, or if it is, or if it's not. And the third would be um, at just seeing who's getting chances in the closer role, right? Because that's where you got to jump like this, right? The Marlins, AJ Puck closed a game the other night. Boom, on your team if you need one, right? Filter through those. Those are what you're going to be doing if you're not yet willing to jump on the waiver wire. Although Colby has some options for us today. If you're dealing with an injury or if you drafted someone you're not help you know happy yeah, with the one yeah i mean i think that's the interesting thing about this episode is i'm going to i have a lot of different names here that do a lot of different things so like miguel vargas for example right second base guy he's going to get second base eligibility he has first base eligibility but he brings a combo of power and speed and feel to hit right but the next guy is completely different Estiari Ruiz on the Oakland Athletics is a completely different player. And I think he is a guy that should be um, added ASAP because he could lead the league in stolen bases. And I'm not saying he could lead it by a little bit. He could lead it by a lot. He stole 85 bases last year. Like I went to his Fangraphs page today and I've seen this before, obviously been to his Fangraphs page before, but every time I go to Estiari Ruiz, it looks like a typo. It looks like a t- like I I had to make sure that it was the same seasons that he had 85 stolen bases. I mean, it's ridiculous. This guy had he got traded um, to Milwaukee and then he was obviously traded from Milwaukee to the A's in the offseason. But he got traded to Milwaukee. He, he stole 25 bases in 37 games. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like and now with the new rules, it's a cheat code like he's going to be on second base and then he's going to be on third base. And it's just like, what happened? So the only thing, though, is, is he going to get on base? And I think he can, because this is a guy that uh, struck out below 20% last year, walked above 10% rate. He hit above 300 at every level. I don't think he's going to do that at the big league level. But even if he can hit 250, even if he can get on base at like a 300 clip, he is going to be such a beast on the base pass that he is going to be so valuable. As the Oakland Athletics just baseball self-proclaimed guy, I have watched a lot of Ruiz um, throughout the spring and beginning of this year. And a couple things to note on him, that speed is legit. And he is, I was a little bit concerned about at-bats when they saw Christian Pache. Like, are they going to try him in center and try to make this kind of split time thing? They didn't. They got rid of Pache and they said, okay, Ruiz, it's your position now. 
he's going to bat near the bottom of the lineup against righties, but they faced a lefty, Patrick Sandoval, leadoff. Him and Tony Kemp pretty much flip-flop spots in the order. Now, if Ruiz can show that he can hit for enough that he can climb that lineup, I think that they will. I don't think that it's he's stuck at the bottom for the year because there's just so many, you know, off offensive players at the top of this lineup. But the the speed is real. And what I saw in spring was enough c- good, solid contact that I do think it will translate. He I don't think he's going to. Yeah. He hit 16 I don't think he's going to. Ba- yeah. He, like he hit 109 like, off the bat yeah. for a home run. He had not hit anywhere close to that before this season. 109 off the bat. Um, Definitely a guy, even in like my 10-man league, someone already picked him up. Yeah, so that's what I was just going to bring up, Clay, is is he's owned in 53% of leagues right now, making him pretty much a prime target for 10-man leagues. Um, He might be already picked up in some. He's gone in in all of my 12-man leagues. But 10-man leagues, I think you have to add him right now. Um, Eight-man leagues, give it a week, like see how he's doing at the plate. But still, those stolen bases could be an asset in eight-man leagues too. Like just insane. Yeah, and he's not going to help you with run production really, or, you know, RBIs and, you know, that offense isn't the best to be in, but at the end of the day, you can get a guy who could legitimately win a category for you. All right, Clay, let's move on to another outfielder, completely different. Again, like I said, I'm going to be giving you different guys here that do different things, right? We just gave you a guy that steals a ton of bases. If you need that boost, I'm going a different direction here. Adam Duvall is an interesting name, and you probably heard his name a ton this weekend because he's gone absolutely ballistic. He had two home runs on Saturday, a double and a triple, right? Just insane. And the home one of the home runs was a walk-off home run. The guy just could not get out. Then today, two doubles today off the monster. Adam Duvall moving to Fenway might be the best thing that's ever happened to his career, right? This is a pull-happy fly ball hitter that – all he has to do is hit moonshots that barely go over the green monster or off of the green monster. And you can already see that he's loving that, right? But this is a guy that's like just a year removed from hitting 38 home runs. He wasn't really healthy last year, but he looks healthy again now. He hits the ball hard. He's going to be hitting right in the middle of this Red Sox lineup, going to be pl- a big boost to power and RBI. So if you need, like if somebody got hurt and you need uh, home runs and RBIs, Adam Duvall is the perfect option. Um, and I think you'd be able to find him in uh, 12-man leagues and possibly a 10-man league. I think he could be a viable option while he's hot. Ride this hot streak, right? That's he part is- of streaming. He is the ultimate like outfield streamer in 10 main leagues. Like he is on and off rosters because he gets on a hot streak. And he said exactly, exactly what you said is he'll come in and hit four home runs in 10 days or something. And everyone will pick him up and he'll slowly find it was his way back to waivers. But you know, it's all about riding the hot hand sometimes until you find something that sticks. And with Duvall, it is possible with, you know, the green monster and playing in Fenway that helping him enough, that it might just stick. So if you need an outfielder, um, this could be a, a really good option. I'm telling you, man, Duvall being a, a breakout candidate this year, I've, I've, you know, I ponder. Can you call him a breakout if he's made an all-star game? I think it's a maybe a bounce back. Like he had 38 yeah. bombs. You're right. Like maybe a bounce back, but like 15% barrel rate from 2019 to 2022 with a 41% hard hit rate. Like the guy hits the ball hard, hits the ball in the air. His average 
uh, launch angle over that time span was 23.6. So very extreme fly ball hitter going to take advantage of Fenway for sure. So um, I think he's a really interesting name if you need home runs and RBIs. All right. We're, we got a few more waiver options, then we'll get into some streamers, but we're switching tones again. Like I'm giving everybody some different guys here because here's a guy, Brett Beatty, third base prospect for the Mets that you can actually, I believe you should pick him up in 10 and tw- uh, not 10 man, in 12 man leagues right now um, because he is going to hit his way out of AAA. And the Mets have to bring him up before June um, to make sure he's eligible for awards and everything and draft compensation. So I would assume that they're going to bring him up before June. I would assume that they bring him up even sooner than that. I would say early to mid-May is when he's coming up. Um, He's 16% owned in Yahoo right now. So people are already on him. I just want to make sure that people can add him and just stick him on their bench, right? It's the same situation as Vaughn Grisham, who's owned in 60% of leagues, right? I think you pick up Brett Beatty knowing that when he comes up, he's going to be a beast. Um, This is a guy who slashed 312, 406, and 544 last year, Clay. Like an on-base percentage over 400. He is, you know, I I keep up with the minors to an extent, but I usually can tell who's doing really well because... You just see their highlights everywhere, and he's falling in that category. Just like every day I get on Twitter, here's a double, here's a home run, here's this, that, and the other from him. And um, he's a better hitter right now than Escobar is. I think um, Escobar does good against lefties, but against righties, Brett Beatty's a better player. Even if it's platoon to start, I don't know. No, when he comes up, I'm telling you, man, when he comes up, the Mets need him to be playing every day. Like, he is a huge boost to this team. Even if they start him as a platoon just because Escobar is the vet. And, I, you know, I I, I could see that happening, being a thing. I I think he'll hit hit his way into the lineup every single day very, very quickly. But, yeah, we'll finish up on Beatty with this. Aram tweeted out yesterday, Brett Beatty just had an oppo grand slam at 111 miles an hour. He's now four for four (laughs) with two home runs on the day. An oppo grand slam at 111. Are you sold yet? Like, this is a dude that strikes out less oh. than 20% of the time, walks more than 10%, huge power upside. The, huge the, I think everyone's sold. You, it's a rhetorical you. Right, right. But everybody but, should be sold on this guy. You know who's not sold, I guess, is management. Why wasn't he on the opening day roster, man? Stupid, man. I don't get it. I really <laughs> don't get it. He should have made the roster to, to open the season. Um, But you have to believe they're going to bring him up at some point. Yeah early may like okay get him some more reps in triple a i guess but like he doesn't really need it bring another another takeaway from this if you're full at third base okay remove brett Beatty's name and just insert the strategy the strategy that we're doing here we're looking for players who are on the verge of coming up and hitting well in the minors and guys you should put on your watch list keep tabs on them you want to be the first person to these players so even if you're at third base and you're thinking "I i can't get brett Beatty, i already have three guys who work out okay we'll find somebody else in the minors who's on a 40-man roster or on that verge of coming up like a matt you know a matt mcclain who's like okay playing time is going to be available once he comes up add those to your watch list keep an eye on them and be ready to pull the trigger right once they come up or right before yeah i mean i think with Beatty, this is why i'm saying like if you have a couple third basemen on your roster already but you have like an open a, a guy that you can drop on your bench i say drop whoever from your bench, pick up Brett Beatty, keep him on your bench. Say you do need to drop Beatty at some point for something else because you have another need that arises, do it. 
but ra- I'd rather have Beatty on my bench, just knowing that he's mine. Quick question for you. So I have this situation, 10-man league. I have a, one spot. Right now, it's Jordan Walker. Would you rather have Jordan Walker or Brett Beatty? Oh, Walker, because he's up. He's playing every day. For sure, Walker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't Plus know. That's going to be a conversation, though, that we'll have to have when Beatty comes up. I know. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I want to see like, how Walker. Yeah, we'll have some Walker season. sample size. He's played fine. I mean, you know, he's you know played okay. Good, he's like, Nolan Gorman looks good. Anthony Volpe, too, man. He looks good. He hits the ball in the air. He hits the ball hard, and he has a good track record. He looked out overmatched last year at the big league level, but that's another name to keep your eye on. Um, Nolan Gorman. So I'm just worried right. about his playing time with Donovan at second base too. Um, They're both in the lineup today. I do that, and Alec Bur- Burleson's in the lineup too, and he had a home run, right? Uh, like, Burleson did, yes. Like, I'm just amazed. Like, they have all these guys. They're somehow going to find them all at bats. I don't know how it's all going to work, but it's going to work apparently. It's going to work. All right. So that's, that is the waiver wire additions on the offensive side of things. I have two pitchers that I think you should add and not stream. These are guys that I think are, are intriguing options to add right now. So Mackenzie Gore, I watched Mackenzie Gore's outing today and I was really, really impressed. I mean, he looked... Mackenzie Gore, former top pitching prospect in baseball. Then he got injured and last year he came back and like, it just looked like his confidence was gone. He couldn't find the zone. His stuff was off. His arm angle was off. It just like, he was trying to figure out how to pitch again, but he's found it. He's definitely found it. The fastball today um, was just nasty clay, just nasty. He got um, nine whiffs on 22 swings, which is crazy for a fastball. The slider's decent. The problem, again, for Mackenzie Gore today, four walks, but I think he can make an adjustment um, and just try to throw that fastball in the zone more. Guys were not hitting it in the zone. Just don't, he would just felt like he was getting a little bit too cute, but he only gave up, um, I believe, just one or two hits to the Braves lineup with four walks, um, only gave up one run. So really impressive stuff for Mackenzie Gore today. He's owning just 14% of leagues, but I think that's going to climb really, really fast. I don't know if you remember last year, Clay, but Mackenzie Gore came up at the end of last season for the Padres yeah. and his ownership spiked to like over 60%. So right now he's only owning 14% of leagues, but this is a guy that's going to be in the Nationals rotation um, throughout the season. He kind of has a bit of like post hype. Um, people aren't really like paying attention to him. Yeah. I think they are, but like nobody really is. Today he's going to put people on, I think. Um, but I think he's worth a flyer. So, yeah, Mackenzie Gore, take a look. Very excited. I love that. I wasn't able to to watch his game today. But, you know, he showed signs last year in certain outings. And I remember everyone picking him up and everyone dropping him. And um, he's had an interesting career, man. We, we don't need to get into all of it. But um, I really hope that he does well in Washington. So, yeah, final line today for Mackenzie Gore. 5.1 innings. Six strikeouts, four walks, one earned run, three hits. Um, pretty good outing, 55% ground ball rate. Like he struck out Matt Olson and Austin Riley twice to start the game. <laughs> twice. So very intriguing. All right. Next option. If you're not interested in Mackenzie Gore, may I interest you in Garrett Whitlock? And you might go, Colby, I am not interested in Garrett Whitlock. Well, okay. 
then fine. But I'm interested in Garrett Whitlock because he was so nasty as a reliever. He showed signs last year when he started in the Red Sox rotation to begin the season of being a good starting pitcher. Um, But you could tell that like the Red Sox hadn't built him up to be a starting pitcher. And this year he was training all offseason, building up to be a starting pitcher. Like that is his role. He knows that's his role. Um, He's currently rehabbing from a hip injury, but he just made his first rehab start, went four innings, struck out six, rendered just one run. Um, This is a ground ball guy that gets plenty of whiffs, sinker, slider, change up, um, he's going to make one more start in double A and then be with the big league rotation. He's owning 31% of Yahoo leagues. And dare I say that there is a chance that Garrett Whitlock is the best Red Sox starting pitcher at the end of this season. I, I think that that could very well be true. Like an ERA in the low threes, he puts together 155 innings, um, decent strikeout stuff. I I'm very intrigued by Garrett Whitlock. And I think this is the, another perfect like high upside guy that you know see what he does in a few few starts to start the year and i think you might have uh you might be able to catch a little diamond in the rough here absolutely yeah i mean you know it's kind of wait and see for me on him and i guess smaller leagues will probably wait and see as well but you're right i mean he was a good out of the bullpen and I want to see what it looks like first. I want to see how it goes um, through a few starts. And again, I'm in a league that's 10 man. So you, you can kind of afford to do that. But if you're in a deeper league, man, you need starting pitching. It's kind of a, a revolving door of picking up and dropping players until something sticks. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, One more name I wanted to talk about. Well, a couple the, the Dodgers outfield clay is very <laughs> interesting because you have, Trace Thompson, who hit three home runs on Saturday night, um, each at a 107.5 mile an hour exit velocity, which is insane that all three went at the same exit velocity exactly. Um, you know what I found perplexing about Trace Thompson? I don't know why I always thought this, but I always assumed that Thompson was a lefty masher, that he was like a platoon bat that only hit lefties. That is not the case at all. He actually can't hit lefties. He's a righty that doesn't hit lefties well, which is crazy. He had um, a much better WRC plus against righties last year. And two of his home runs were against righties last night. The other against Madison Bumgarner, which I don't know if you really can consider Madison Bumgarner a righty or a lefty. I I don't know. Man. So I don't know. I don't want to go down the mad bum thing, but like I truly just don't know how much longer they can throw him out there. But either way, yeah, and Trace Thompson showed some flashes last year, and I just remember, like, the whole time, I'm just telling myself, like, this is not a legitimate move. Like, he's kind of bounced around. Like, I'm not really sure on him, but um, I think he struck out a few times today, but Saturday night, those three home runs, and you just see, like, the Dodgers, right? I, you always just wait and see. I never, no matter who they sign, they signed Jason Hayward, who has not been good in years, and I'm sitting here, like, convincing myself that Jason Hayward's going to be good because they have that type of magic. I don't know what it is. And I know we're going to get to another one, um, James Outman as well, the the rookie who doubled and homered in his first game. And, man, there, there's just so much that these Dodgers do right. And in fantasy, it's a lot of gut. It's a lot of stats. But, hell, it might just be a lot of picking up Dodgers. Honestly, I mean, it might just be picking up Dodgers, man, because they were doing something right out there. And we didn't even talk about Noah Syndergaard. No, I know. looked awesome today. Struck out yeah. six over six innings. Like he looked really damn good. He didn't walk a batter. 
I know it's the Diamondbacks, but the Diamondbacks lineup is still not easy to get through. You know what? I I do want to say um, a lot of hype coming in on the Diamondbacks, and rightfully so. They made some aggressive moves. They, you know, had the top prospects coming up and yada, 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 yada. Show, showed some promise last year. That was a statement by the Dodgers this weekend. Just like, we don't care about the Diamondbacks coming up. Like, we're still going to put up a bunch of runs. We're... We're going to have our rookies perform, Trace Thompson perform, Noah Syndergaard. Like, it was kind of a reminder to an extent of, like, we're still the Dodgers, you're still the Diamondbacks. Clay, you haven't checked the box scores today, have you? Well, it's a weekend series, the first two games. Okay, well, they the Dodgers, this these Dodgers lost 2-1 to one today to the Dodgers. And that's fine. That's fine. They looked incredible the first two games. They they looked perplexed today, but James Outman. I was at I, I was at a baseball game all day. Today. I want to talk to James Outman. James Outman for a second is the outfielder to target. Ignore Trace Thompson. I agree with you. Flash in the pan, like I said, doesn't hit lefties, which is just weird, just flat out weird. James Outman is very intriguing. He's owned in forty nine percent of leagues, twelve um, man leagues. I think he's an ad. Ten man leagues. I. I could see him was, being an ad. I really could see he, him being he was an ad. Picked up he in, is in, in my very team, toolsy. This is a guy that hit 31 home runs last year, stole 13 bags. The Dodgers obviously trust him to be a main part of this outfield. He plays a damn good center field, by the way. Really, really solid out there in center. He might strike out a good amount, but the contact he does put into play is going to be loud. Um, so I'm excited to see James Outman. I think he's the perfect... Again, like my whole entire strategy for fantasy baseball for picking guys up is like, I'm just going to pick up the most upside I can and keep cycling through upside until I hit because eventually I'll hit on people. You're not going to go wrong with that either. I mean, if that's your strategy is picking up players that have that upside now, you know, it's I want to bring up an example here. What you're doing is exactly what I do as well. Is I'd rather pick up Oscar Colas because he's, you know, hit a, a he's had a couple of hits in the first few games instead of a Robbie Grossman, who's hit a few games as well and like put up some some points in a points league. Like I'm with you too. Like I'll skip the Grossman and go with Colas every day of the week. Yeah, I'm not going with Shintaro Fujinami though. That's who I'm not going with. I was this um, close, man. This close. A moment of weakness. But hey, I did not. I pick can't believe up. you had your name on the ad or your finger on the ad button. I like, wish if you saw the first on two him innings, was he can't find the zone. If you saw the first two innings and how filthy his stuff was, and he's striking out good MLB players. Good Mike Trout. He looked so damn good. And then that third inning, man, he looked just like he did in spring training. So. It's Not always a humbling experience great. seeing Mike Trout healthy again because he he's the best hitter in baseball. So I don't. I'm watching this. Say it. I'm watching this A's game and Fujinomi's mom is there and they keep showing her. She looks so nervous, cutest little lady. And after two innings, I'm like, oh my gosh, what a special moment. She's over here from Japan and so, you know, third inning he gets eight earned runs. <laughs> I was like, oh no, man, just ruined her weekend. Brutal. Just brutal. All right, Clay, let's finish off this episode with some streaming options. I know you have one, correct? I do have one. All right. Um, can we just start with mine and then you go and then I can finish this off? I have two. Sure. I want to go give ahead. people some options because these are gross. I'm not going to lie to you guys. These are really, really gross. It's early, but they're both guys making two starts next week. Um, my first is Cutter Crawford. 
And this is gross. I'm a Red Sox fan. I don't have to hide it. Oh, you you are? Gross. I mean, Cutter Crawford got beat up last year. He, in 12 starts last year, he had an ERA over five. He was hanging fastballs. So really on the surface, this is, this is ugly, right? But I will counter with this. He gets the Pirates and then he gets the Tigers, two of baseball's worst offenses. And Cutter Crawford looked really good in spring training. So let's see if he can build on that. I would typically come at you and say, Colby, you're a homer, but you were right on this one. And I was prepared when I saw this before we recorded. I was wanting to come in here and kind of roll over you for being a homer. But I think you're right with those matchups. I really do. And like you mentioned as your kind of disclaimer, it's early. There's not a ton of streaming options that really pop right now. Um, it's kind of a weak slate and and we'll have more later in the week for the weekend. But... It's like, it's tough, man. Like I saw Rowanzi Contreras, for example, and I was like, yeah. whoa, Rowanzi Contreras, 24% owned, like former top prospect has strikeout stuff. Perfect. He gets the Red Sox on Tuesday. The Red yeah. Sox have been the hottest team in baseball on offense. So I don't want to, I don't want to put Rowanzi Contreras out there as a streaming option. He's going to get tatered. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll go ahead with my streaming option. Yeah, go for it. David Peterson on Wednesday, April 5th, a little 140 p.m. game. Um, why do I like this? Because he's playing the Brewers and Corbin Burns. Sounds weird, right? But I think the Mets are a much better team than the Brewers. Brewers were two and one. I know they're not terrible or anything like that, but I'm just so bought in on this Mets team. I think it's going to be a win for him, even against Corbin Burns. And if you look at the roster for Milwaukee, they have a lot of lefties, and David Peterson is a lefty. Right-handed bats, Willie Adamas, Brian Anderson, like Mike Rousseau, Owen Miller. like So you're going to get Luke Voigt in the lineup instead of Rowdy Tellez. In the outfield, I mean, Jesse Winker, Christian Yelich, Garrett Mitchell, all lefties. Like There's going to be some opportunities for David Peterson to go five, five and a third or whatever strike out a handful, like do it have a solid outing, not spectacular. And I've mentioned him before on the show. Like I think he's an awesome streaming option fairly often. Cause he's not going to be owned in a ton of leagues. I think he has a low ceiling and high floor, which half the time in a stream, that's what you're looking for. Really? I mean, you're not going to be able to pick up super high ceiling guys streaming often. So I like this pick, even though it is against Corbin Burns. And it is against a team that has playoff hopes. Like, there's a lot of lefties in that lineup. The righties, I'm not scared of. Hey, Corbin Burns is human. He was beat by the Cubs last week in his first start. Um, David Peterson looked really good in his first start. He went five innings, five strikeouts, a 66% ground ball rate. Um, You're right about how he can match up with those lefties in that Brewers lineup. I I love it, Clay. I'm glad you gave an option that like is a bit more owned for people in like eight team leagues because nobody in an eight or a 10 man league is picking up Cutter Crawford to stream. So thank you for that. Um, I'm just going to leave it there. Actually. I think those two options are great. Cutter Crawford, David Peterson. All right, Colby. Third option is gross. It's in my article. You can go read it on just baseball.com. Come on. I, I made the screw up of not checking the score on the Dodgers and embarrassed myself on the show with that. You got to embarrass yourself with the third one. Come on. It's so gross. It's so gross. <laughs> I have Anthony Desclafani as my 
Yes. Third and final streaming option for the week. Um, Desclafani is making his return from a broken fibula. He just uh, he started just five games last year, but he did have a 3.17 ERA and a 3.62 FIP in 2021. He gets the White Sox on Monday, which is tough. But then he gets the Royals next Sunday, and they have not been able to hit anything. Um, so the White Sox is scary, but like uh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm ex- I'm excited to see what Disco's got going on over there. So that I'm gonna roll with it. He's owning one percent of leagues too, so he's available everywhere. That wasn't as gross as I thought. I thought you were gonna say Connor Overton or something. Yeah, so no, I'm, I'm not. Coming. I'm glad you didn't with, say that. Yo, Johan Oviedo or something like that. No, it's <laughs> not, not, not on this show. But yeah, so I got Cutter Crawford is the one A to the Desclafani one B here. I just like the matchup better for Crawford. The Red Sox have been putting up runs. Hopefully, you get a win out of it. Um, so yeah, I like it, man. You got anything else? Yeah, I, I just want to remind people, you know, as we're getting into the season now and you have fantasy questions, fantasy thoughts, put them in the comments here. Um, ask us questions. If you want to tweet at me or direct, you know, DM me on Twitter a question or a thought or anything at all, like I'm more than willing to connect with people and um, help you all out if I can. Or even if you just want to tell me about some crazy trade you made or whatever it may be, like, feel free to DM me or, you know, like I said, drop them in the comments to this video. All right. My last point is that I think um, picking up Johnny Brito isn't a bad idea either. He's owned an 18% of leagues. If you're in a 12 man league, it's not a bad flyer as well. Um, historically a ground ball pitcher. Let's see if he can get more whiffs. That change up man is, is really, really, really special. So I'm interested to see what he does against a better lineup than the giants, but I like what I saw. So another good name, but yeah, that's it. That's waivers. That's streamers for the week. Um, we'll be back to you guys sometime this week to talk about um, what are we have to talk about? I'm just excited to see a bigger sample of games this week. See what guys are, are tinkering with. There's a lot of pitchers that we haven't seen enough of yet. So um, we'll be back later this week. Yeah. And one last thing is, you know, later in the week, our episodes are also going to be about some strategic moves to help you for the weekend, especially if you're in a, you know, you're closing out on a Sunday and you need the, you know, one bullpen arm that we know about that we want to put out there for you to pick up or, you know, that this player is playing a doubleheader, or, you know, whatever it may be, like helping you win the weekend is something that we'll do in addition to that. So make sure you tune back in at the end of the week and we're going to help you not only long term for your rosters, but specifically that weekend as well. Beautiful, Clay. I love it. That'll do it. Just Fantasy Baseball. We'll catch you next time. Adios.